Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, associate producer and Starista's creative copy manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges in the market, but also have a little fun along the way. We're taking a break this month, but thought we'd reshare some takeaways from season one. In this episode, we hear from Doug Zarkin, Vice President and CMO at Pearl Vision, Yojesh Deep, Senior Vice President of Growth and Strategic Pricing at Advanced Auto Parts, Ken Thews, CMO at Regal Cinemas, and Allison Witherspoon, CMO at Nissan. They all offer insight on how they leverage data in the marketing efforts of their respective consumer brands. Give it a listen. Let me kind of break it down a little bit. I think at the core, uh, a core philosophy that I have really centers around people. And, and it's what I look for in building a team. Um, I have found, you know, throughout my career to really focus on hiring passion, not necessarily just expertise. Um, you know, I, I've told this story before to a, 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 in, a, in a few settings, but I remember interviewing somebody and, and I had two candidates, one candidate, Ivy League educated, another candidate, um, city college educated. And on paper, the Ivy League educated had an incredible resume. But when I asked that person, that candidate, why should I hire you? They immediately went to, well, I was educated at X, Y, and Z. The city college educated basically said, listen, I want to make a difference. You know, I want to learn. I want to grow. I'm committed to this business. And that was very early on in my career. And I went with the city college um, educated candidate. And it really reinforced the importance of hiring for passion. You can teach somebody a job. You can't teach somebody to be passionate. So for me, the first philosophy for marketing is to hire passionate people. The second philosophy really has to do with the world of data. And, you know, obviously you're an organization that has a, a wealth of data. But I am a firm believer that data does not make decisions. We make decisions. Experts make decisions using data. And the reason is, is that data is only as good as the questions that you ask. Making a decision based on what shows up on an Excel chart um, is a recipe for disaster because you lose the ability to understand the thinking behind what the numbers mean. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges we all face as marketers is we have too much data now. You know, 10 years ago, you didn't have enough. Now you got too much. And it's about trying to figure out what data is most meaningful. So I'm a firm believer that it's not the data that makes the decisions, the data that helps you make the decision, but it's people make decisions using data. Third philosophy is the importance of small things. Um, I am a firm believer in life outside of work as well as inside of work that small things matter. The importance of saying thank you, um, for example. Um, the importance of recognizing when somebody does something well in the moment. Those are things that really build trust, um, not only when you're trying to put a brand on the brain of a consumer, but also amongst uh, a cross-functional team. Um, those small little things of how people conduct themselves and how people run their specific function within a business, I think is incredibly important. Um, I think the last philosophy I'll share is what I would call the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, if you can get something to the 80% level of perfection, you're good to go. It's identifying the 20% of the time that you must be 100% perfect that is really the challenge. You know, and it really speaks to the law of diminishing returns. Um, is making the logo 5% bigger going to be a meaningful change? And if the answer is no, and your creative team is telling you to leave it, then you leave it. 
Um, if, if the data that you have is at the 80% Le confidence level, does it give you enough to make the decision? If the answer is a decision that has hundreds of millions of dollars ramifications, you may want to spend a little bit more time pressing to get more data. But in reality, the majority of the decisions that we make, if you can get things to the 80% confidence level, you're pretty good to make a decision, you know, positive or negatively. Um, but really identifying and prioritizing what your team, what those 20% of the items are, I think is invaluable. This is what I would say, you know, data is a great hope. People call it for, as the next oil for the world uh, as well. Uh, but when it really comes down to application of data, the number of use cases start to dwindle pretty fast. Uh, that's what my experience has been. In the advertising world, obviously there are a lot of companies, I don't have to really name them, but you know they may be flashing in your mind as I speak about it. Uh, they obviously have changed the world for good forever, right, by using data. Uh, but in the business world, if there is one function which really thrives to the power of data, that I would say is pricing. And I'm not trying to be you know, uh, exaggerating here, or I'm not biased here. I truly mean it. Uh, right from how we start to go and make uh, our models, which tell us uh, what pricing it should be. So they incorporate the feedback from customers. So that's data because they are sharing their inputs and we convert that into data. Uh, what is our category's role in the eyes of the customer, how we really want to drive that role as an organization, uh, what is our intent, what is it that we want to go and do with it, you know, that's another data set which we really go and incorporate it to, into our decision-making process. Obviously, there's this thing called as elasticity, as pricing changes, you know, so does the demand and what are those impacts so from a transaction level standpoint, that's data. Uh, we do keep a sense of the marketplace, what's going on, what our competition is doing, uh, how inflation is shaking out, you know, what else is going on in general from a macroeconomic perspective. So these are all very data streams and we bring that into our models. It starts itself, the whole journey itself starts with data for us. And then all along the way, you know, at the end of the day, it is about uh, arriving to that specific price point, which really reflects the value of our offer to our customers, uh, data plays a very, very critical role. But what is very unique about pricing is the action itself is data. We have to transmit data, think about it, for millions of our SKUs across thousands of our stores and even tens of thousands of our B2B customers that data gets transmitted through a pretty intensive, I would say technology infrastructure. And we have to really go and stay on top of that. All those pipes are the conduits from a CSC, customer service center or a headquarters going into our stores where the moment of truth with our customers happen, the data flow itself also has to be really robust and well thought through flawless execution has to happen. So uh, I think uh, pricing is one of those unique use cases where everything starts with data and it ends with the data. So I think that is truly an oil for us, I would say. I'm a chemical engineer, right? So I have to use the oil. And oil. I use the oil, I like it. You know, so I, with all of the emails that, that we do, you know, we're on a 
when we're open, we're sending at least one a week. Um, and there'll be times where, you know, we go two, maybe three, depending on if there's news to share. And we'll segment those. We'll do up to 100 versions um, a month. I think we can, or I'm sorry, 100 versions a week. We could go even more granular if we wanted to. But I think what, you know, if you're a horror fan, we really want to focus on the horror movie that's opening up so that you see that front and center. We tend to include other movies that are open just in case, because the average consumer doesn't just watch one genre. Mm -hmm. By doing that, we, we're just getting smarter and smarter when we see which customers and how they're segmented, what are they clicking on throughout the email, and that's just helping us get better down the road and getting, again, more granular with how we segment our emails. Yeah, that is interesting because, you know, my initial thought was, okay, well, there's, you know, 500 plus theaters. It must be geo-targeted to try to drive people in, but that's really not the case. It's more of the event that's kind of going on. Is, is that a, a safer assessment, Ken? It's, a, it's around the movies that you Yeah, doing. you know, it's, it's both. And, uh, you know, an example is if when we refurbish a theater and in, in Manhattan, we just um, spent about uh, close to $15 million refurbishing our Union Square Theater. Mm -hmm. is, I have to make the trek up there, Vincent, because yes. state-of-the-art, it's an incredible experience. So when we're open, consumers will get to see it. So we'll definitely craft some geo-targeted messages letting consumers in Manhattan know about that theater. And again, there, we do that across the country. There may be a movie or content event playing limited geographically, and we'll do that. But then when a movie opens up wide, that's where we get into more genre targets. Uh, so yeah, I, I wanna talk about data because you know, you, in your career and your role now, you use data. But what advice do you have for marketers out there on the best best practices, best way to use data effectively? Uh, I think, and some of the that's a great question. Where I feel like I really got a lot of experience was, you know, one, especially if you're starting out, get learn CRM, learn the basic fundamentals of CRM because that you add in technology platforms, you la you add in you know, things like DSPs, you add in things like that. And that those are enablers of the fundamental strategy of how do you reach consumers with the right message, the right consumer with the right message at the right time. Um, and so I think for me, it's learn the fundamentals of CRM, stay on top of what the trends are when it comes to the ad tech or MarTech that's going to enable that. And to me, it's, it's um, I, I would just keep constantly learn this is an evolving space understand you're never going to be an expert in it because that's how quickly that it's evolving um, and just stay on top leverage the people around you leverage you know the partners that you have understand who the new players are as well um, and just stay on top of your skills thanks for listening to the marketing stir podcast by starista we'll be back with full episodes in september but until then please tune in for a month of special topic focused recaps from our season one guests as always please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at info at See you next week.